Hey everyone, welcome to the Pod as a Service podcast. This is a podcast on emerging, trending, and state-of-the-art advanced analytics, software, and hardware technologies. We also cover entrepreneurship and business topics as it relates to these technologies. I'm your host, Alex Castrinas, and today I'm kicking off the very first episode of Pod as a Service. So this episode is intended to be an introduction to this podcast, uh, kind of give you an idea of what to expect, why it exists, and so on. Um, I thought the best way to do that is give you a little background about myself and a little context on, you know, how I came to kind of create this podcast and what it involves and, and the what and the why of it all. I think the best way to start is going back to when I was a kid. When I was a senior in high school, I had a friend in high school that, you know, year after year kept trying to get me to go to the Indianapolis 500. And he's like, yeah, man, this is going to be so cool. Um, and every year I was like, yeah, no, that's pretty dumb. Uh, uh, whatever, you go. I'll do something else. Uh, finally, my buddy convinced me um, my senior year in high school to go check it out. Uh, and it turned out to be one of the closest races in history uh, at the Indianapolis 500. And I was literally blown away by it and walked out of the speedway. And I said, I'm going to do that for a living someday. Uh, and I pretty much made the call right there and then that uh, that was something I wanted to do uh, professionally. So then, you know, fast forward a little bit. I went off to college. Um, I studied a ton of math and physics in school. I was really interested in those kind of technical things. And, you know, at that point, I decided to pursue the racing career. My thesis for the master's in math, it's entitled High Performance Damper Optimization Using Computer Simulation and Design of Experiments. So at that point, I was already very interested in, you know, not only racing, but the ultra sort of technical side of it. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in a little light reading, um, feel free to check it out online. But from there, uh, you know, I have sort of a non-traditional path. And then uh, an opportunity came along in the racing industry. So I was actively pursuing a professional motorsports career and uh, kind of went to different racetracks and IndyCar races and handed out the resume and tried to tried to meet people. And all of a sudden I get a call from the general manager at Conquest Racing. At that time, it was a champ car team. We talked for a while and, um, you know, we, we were talking about the possibility of me uh, moving to Indianapolis to start a job there as an engineer on, on a team. Uh, but at the time I lived in New Mexico and uh, I kept saying, you know, hey, if I'm going to do this, I really need to kind of know and tell my employer and everything. Uh, anyway, long story short, got to uh, Friday afternoon at about, you know, 4.30 p.m. Um, I called this this guy up and I said, hey, man, I really need to know, like, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? What's the deal? And he said, well, if we do it, can you be in Indianapolis uh, by 8 a.m. on Monday morning and start then? Um, we need to be in Homestead, Florida at a super speedway there to test on Wednesday. And I said, yep, let's do this thing. And he said, all right, do it. So I promptly went to my boss um, at the time and quit my job and told him I'm moving to Indianapolis uh, first thing tomorrow morning, which was Saturday. I had nothing packed. I had no idea I'd be doing that. Um, and I went home, threw everything together. And next thing you know, I was in my truck driving straight. I forget how many hours. I think it was like 22 hours or something. Sure enough, started Monday morning at 8 a.m. Was in Miami testing at a super speedway on Wednesday. And then 10 years later, 
kind of called it a day on the racing career after a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of great experiences, traveled around the world, did many Indianapolis 500s uh, and, and all sorts of stuff there. So it was pretty awesome. The cool thing about racing is it's all about vehicle dynamics, right? Um, which is all about, you know, how, for those of you that took physics at some point, you might remember Newton's laws of motion. And basically as race cars go around a racetrack, you know, the, the rubber of the tires keeps the, the car gripping the road and, and is able to generate the forces necessary to the, accelerate the car uh, in various ways, like around corners without flying off the track or hitting a concrete wall or when braking um, or when accelerating, for example. So, you know, I was really interested in the application of uh, physics to these cars. And what was really fascinating as well is that these, you know, these cars have 80 sensors on them. And so you're, you're measuring just a ton, a ton of data. And so this was essentially IOT before people were calling it IOT. Um, so the cars were the thing and there were sensors measuring things and you were generating tons of data that you needed to analyze and really short periods of time. You know, most of the time you, you wind up at a racetrack for a race weekend. You have a couple practice sessions, uh, you know, on Friday, then you have another practice or two on Saturday and then you qualify Saturday evening. Then you have a, a warm up before the race and then you go racing on Sunday. And the time between each of those sessions is so short. So you have to really find ways to get significant, deep, actionable insights from the data in, in short order. Um, and under usually a lot of pressure from, you know, team owners, sponsors, and so on. And so, you know, that was pretty exciting. Definitely a lot of pressure, but you get, you know, all the data from the data acquisition. You also have telemetry. So the, the cars are, you know, broadcasting data over RF to the pits, to what we call the timing stands. And so you're, you're kind of doing real-time analytics as well on the fly as the car is going around the track, as you're talking to the driver over the radio. You're understanding kind of what the car is doing and the behavior of the car from the telemetry data as well. Um, and you're, you're, it's just like, uh, you know, high pressure, high pace game of optimizing something. In this case, it's the car and you're trying to make the car go faster, um, which means get the minimal lap time possible. And when you have sort of a fixed driver, so for a given season, if you're working with a specific driver, um, you know, most of what you can do with the car from an engineering perspective is change what's called the car setup. And the car has tons of things you can change. You can change the center of gravity. You can change the um, damper settings, which is another word for shock absorbers. You can change the front and rear springs. You can change aerodynamic settings You can change and wing angles. You can change differential um, ramps and you can change you know, gearing and, and the list just goes on and on. And so how do you turn that data into an optimal race car that's capable of going as fast as absolutely possible and performing as optimally as absolutely possible? Um, and so that's the name of the game. And that's something, you know, I love very much and did for quite some time. Um, and, you know, but then there's other aspects outside of a race weekend where, you know, you go testing. You might take the car to a seven post shaker rig, go to the wind tunnel, do track testing. You might do computer simulation um, where you can try and optimize the car that way um, and you're simulating the, the vehicle dynamics of the car or a variety of other things. And then there's also race strategy, which was one of my favorite things when I was in the industry, which is you might start close to last because you just had a bad qualifying session or something, but with really um, good race strategy and sometimes just plain luck, 
Uh, sometimes you can win a race, even starting from the back of the pack or, or have darn good results anyway. But, you know, after a long period of time, I decided to leave racing. It was a lot of travel. You know, the race seasons are, are most intense um, during the summers. And, you know, so I was missing weddings and barbecues and hanging out with friends and just enjoying summers and really just working and traveling all the time and missing my weekends. You know, and after a while, I, I kind of felt like I'd been there and done it. Um, I also felt like racing was, you know, you're always kind of chasing your tail in the sense that you're always trying to win. And sometimes you do win. And I definitely was on winning teams and we won races and we podiumed and all these great things. But, you know, sometimes you get out engineered or out driven by other teams and you're not as good the next weekend. So it's this endless cycle of trying to, you know, win races, which is exciting, but also sort of like, like I say, it's almost like being stuck in kind of like an infinite loop or something. And during my racing career, I, I became very interested in technology. I was writing a lot of software uh, programming quite a bit. And so I started to think that, you know, if I was going to leave racing, I was going to go work in the tech industry. And I was also doing a lot of data science uh, in, during my racing career. So essentially I was responsible for vehicle dy dynamics, race strategy, and data science and doing machine learning and regression and all that sort of thing. In fact, I ended my, so I ended my racing career as head of vehicle dynamics and data science at Andretti Autosport. I was there for two years and um, it was during a time when we had a four car IndyCar team uh, with the drivers, Danica Patrick, Tony Canon, Marco Andretti, and Ryan Hunter-Ray. What was interesting is, you know, when you leave an industry like that, you kind of have to reset your career, right? Um, in this case, took a pay cut, you know, had to start again, work my way up, convince people um, that I had skills that would translate to what they were doing, which, by the way, turned out to be a lot more difficult than I thought. But that's a whole other story. But got a great uh, opportunity in uh, the tech industry working for a SaaS company doing you know, parking technology, uh, cloud-based, and uh, ramped up fairly quickly there and before long took on a lead engineer role. You know, from there, just kept continuing to work my way up uh, in the tech industry, taking on software architect and engineering roles, uh, then kind of transitioning more into management of engineers and data scientists, you know, and then shifting into product management a bit more because I was very interested in the more holistic view and kind of the business aspect of things and kind of understanding how to build businesses around products and services uh, and improve them and grow them. And now I am, I'm running the advanced analytics and product management departments at Rocket Wagon, which is an enterprise IoT company. In addition to my career path, all along the way, I continue to stay very interested in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data science. And so kept, uh, you know, kept up with it, kept reading tons of books about it, kept programming on the side, kept playing around with new libraries and, you know, all that sort of thing. And at the same time, also started mentoring other people like entrepreneurs, you know, just starting companies or people seeking career uh and professional development guidance, things like that. And then in 2014, I decided to create my own blog called Inno Architect, which some of you may be familiar with, um, where I could share knowledge and expertise with others and also use the writing to develop my technical writing skills, uh, which I wanted to do, and also develop a deeper understanding you know, myself on certain topics involved in AI or machine learning and so on. And, you know, one thing I learned and one thing I think is that nothing helps helps you understand something better than 
trying to teach it yourself. And so whether you're teaching it in person, in front of people, or teaching it online, or teaching it through writing, um, I think that's a really great exercise. And I think having Inno Architect as a blog originally um, was just really great for that. But then, you know, Inno Architect and, and kind of the writing I was doing led to other writing uh, for different sort of industry-leading publications like Katie Nuggets, um, Kiss Metrics, Data Camp, uh, and so on. And also giving sort of consultation to to people and companies as well. Um, and so, you know, Architect sort of organically became sort of its own sort of side business, right? Which then led to, you know, teaching data science, data analytics, SQL and product management at General Assembly. Uh, and then I created my own class on Skillshare about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Was also giving a lot of talks, speaking on panels, uh, sort of being a guest on podcasts and things like that. Uh, and then now I'm in the process of creating and teaching classes um, on artificial intelligence for O'Reilly's Safari platform, as well as writing an O'Reilly book. So stay tuned for updates on that. Um, that's still kind of early days, but uh, you know I will certainly uh, start talking more about that as we get further along in that process. But my current focus now is, you know, really on my day job, um, writing the book, and also now podcasting. So I decided to start up my own podcast and kind of I've been doing the writing thing for quite some time uh, with the blog. Um, and now with a book, that's a lot of writing. So I figured, you know, I why not uh, do a bit more podcasting? And I love podcasts. Hopefully you do too. And so here we are. So, okay, enough about me. So a little bit about the podcast. So I'm planning to release new episodes of Pod as a Service uh, every two weeks on Thursdays. And each episode should be about, you know, 20, 30 minutes long. I'll often have guests on the podcast and the format will typically be conversational or me conducting guest interviews. But I'll also release shorter episodes um, sometimes on off days where, you know, I might just discuss or explain technical topics or concepts associated with artificial intelligence, machine learning, data science, IOT, and so on. So with that, thank you so much for checking out Pod as a Service. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening to it. And uh, I can't wait for a whole lot more episodes. So enjoy. Thanks for stopping by and cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a positive review if you like what you hear. Also, feel free to sign up for my newsletter at www.innoarchitect.com and follow me on Twitter at, at InnoArchitect for more content and updates. Cheers and thanks again. <laughs>